0: hello everyone welcome to another amazing episode of our podcast today i brought you jeff van kampen now Jeff's a pretty interesting guest because he went from an engineer to a marketer but wow but while he d- did became a marketer he had some crazy journey which i can't wait to share with you but one thing we actually discussed really a lot today was the entrepreneur scam because when you go to instagram you type entrepreneur you can see a lot of people with entrepreneur in their bios but they're not actually entrepreneurs. I know that this topic is pretty much chewed up. You know, everyone just it every day. You, you may have heard it from Gary Review or something like that. But really, you need more clarification on that. So that's why we are doing it right now. We're going to define exactly that myth. We're going to break it down. We're going to share with you the real journey of an entrepreneur, which is still amazing. Anyways, I'll leave you here to listen to the interview. Let me know what you think. Hustle, bustle, or anything like that. And I'll see you at the top of my network see you soon okay before we actually jumping though please say one big hello to the audience and second tell them something interesting about yourself
1: hey what's going on guys um, my name's Jeff and ever since I was the age of four um, I've known that I wanted to run a business of some sort and so I've decided decided about a year ago that I was gonna Leave my corporate job and go all in on what I felt was right from a very young age. So, very entrepreneurial in spirit, but I'm also very interested in human psychology. I think that we're all very basic at our core. Um, so, between the the drive to create something and the need to serve people, I feel like I, you know, found myself in a space, you know, with marketing businesses that, you know, it's been a lot of fun creating a marketing business because it combines entrepreneurship with human psychology. So that's kind of like where I'm at at my core. Who
0: I I like By the way, I also love psychology, And what I love more about, like you know, the perception side of things. Because have you heard of Bruce Lipton, that biologist?
1: I haven't actually. Bruce Lipton, huh?
0: Yeah. So here's the thing. He's actually no biologist, but he says that perception, aka the way we see the world, can rewrite the whole genetic code. And I'm actually supporting of that theory. But it's like you know we humans our brain you may say we are pretty simple at you know at the core but the human being is the most complex animal in the planet for me because we still ourselves don't know what our full potential is no the brain is mastering us we can't master the brain
1: so i love
0: that
1: and that's and that i would agree with that too because i think a lot of things are you know, we're, we're everyone's subjected to a lot of the same things, but it's about how we react to it as individuals that really determine our outcome in life. So it is about perception. It is about how you react to what's around you. So I 100% agree with that.
0: So how do you react when, let's say, you have obstacles on it. your way?
1: It's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing in the world because everything is an obstacle. There's no, there's no straight path, bro. There's nothing. There's no ever. Oh, I'm just going to start this and we're going to make it and it's going to happen overnight and there's going to be no obstacles and it's going to be completely the way we had planned. Like that doesn't exist. There's no, you know what I mean? There's no possible way for that to exist. It's never existed in the time of humans. There's always obstacles. It's just a matter of what are we going to do to get around them? And for me, I like the obstacle because I like losing because I think when losing fuels me to do better, And I think when I take losses, it forces me to figure out and take ownership on what I'm going to be able to do to actually make that go, you know, the way I had hoped in the future or at the next attempt.
0: Have you read Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday before?
1: No, I haven't. I'm going to have to be writing these down. You got some new, new things for me, huh?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's an amazing book. I mean, it's kind of hard to read from the beginning, but it gets better and better every day.
1: So for, for sure, All man. Right. I'll have, I'll have you send me some links after our conversation here on what I should be a couple. I got some things for you to read too. So I'll send you some links your way too.
0: Oh, it's going to be right on my bike list for that. All right. So now my next question is actually like, I want you to dive deep into the business journey. I want you to dive deep into where you started, where are you now and what are your goals for the future? Because I myself don't know a lot about your journey and I would love to learn more about it
1: for sure. Um, yeah. So, I mean, when I was young, I knew, like I was saying earlier, when I was young, I knew I wanted to um, run a business of some sort and I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do or what business that was, or really what even running a business looked like. Actually, my parents were both uh, business owners. They still are. So that was where I got a lot of my work, my uh, initial inspiration. Um, but you know, fast forward, I got older um, still knew I wanted to do that, but I'm like, you know, I should probably go to school and get like some sort of degree. You know, a lot of people will tell you to go to school and get a degree just so you have some sort of like safety net, you know, just in case entrepreneurship or whatever your venture you do doesn't work out, then you have something to fall back on, you know. And so for me, I went to school to be an engineer. Um, I graduated in 2017 with a degree in industrial engineering. Um, and while I was in school um, when I was like 22 or 23 I started a business with my one of my good buddies who was a classmate of mine. Um, it was a clothing business and we were really big on branding and marketing the clothes. We weren't as into the actual clothes themselves uh, themselves, but we um, basically were really into like finding creative ways to market the clothes and so you know you fast forward a couple more years you know we've Our business is kind of stagnant and hadn't really done a whole lot because we were working at it part-time. You know, him and I both working full-time engineering jobs and then trying to do these clothes on the side. Um, And then we decided, you know, we need to just go all in on something, but it wasn't going to be the clothes, you know. So we decided to dish the clothes, close down that business and just start up just a straight up marketing business. Um, And now today we run um, a marketing business that basically helps um, fitness entrepreneurs, people that own CrossFit gyms and personal training studios. We help them scale their businesses by driving them in new clients every single month um, in a way that's strategic enough for them to maintain their cash flow and have it be make it basically make it a worthwhile investment on their end um, so the journey of entrepreneurship is nothing I'm only 20, 25 I'll be 26 next month so the, the journey of entrepreneurship is nothing nothing near straight you know there's going to be a lot of pivots but it's important to understand that if you have some sort of North star to create something then you'll always find a way to get there Why exactly industrial engineering? Um, Industrial engineering is, I I, I didn't really know, honestly. When I went to school, I was good at math and science, and when I went to the school, I went to a lot of my my buddies were going to, um, and so they were going for engineering, and I didn't really even know what engineering was. I mean, I'm a very intuitive person, so I just, I went to school, I, I toured a campus for one day, one afternoon. Decided to go there because I liked the campus. I didn't learn anything more about it. I was just like, I'm very, like, if something feels right, I just do it, you know. And then, so I decided to go to school at UWM uh, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and basically went there. Um, when I got there, I'm like, I don't know what I wanted to go to school for. My buddy's like, oh, you should go for indu- or some sort of engineering. So I'm like, that sounds okay. It sounds like I could do that. So I started taking my general engineering classes. Um, I ended up starting in mechanical engineering. And then later, about a semester later, learning that about industrial engineering, which was a lot more um, business and process based. And I had always known, like I said before, that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to do industrial because it's more business based, more process based. I don't really give a shit about, you know, mechanical engineering or electrical engineering or any sort of like like, it was all boring to me. Even industrial was kind of boring to me, but it was least boring out of all the engineering um, and it kind of translates to stuff I do now. You know, it's all everything's a process. So you've learned how to look at things from a very logical standpoint, um, use data to your advantage, and then figure out what the smart decision is based on those data numbers.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of engineering. I mean, I wanted to be an engineer before, but when I learned that there's too much math in it, I just give up. I don't like math. I'm gonna be honest. I know it's a important, but I I just don't.
1: Yeah, and and I think that's Sorry. just. No, that, no, and that's good, man. I mean, you know, for me, math is the only thing that doesn't t- that doesn't actually, you know, you can manipulate your data whatever you want, but you also can't argue data. You know, if I if I track, if you were, you know, to walk from one edge of your town to the next, and you were to time yourself and say it took me ten minutes, or it took me five hours to walk from one edge of my town to the next, um, you know, you can't argue that. You know, that's that's concrete data. It literally took you that long, and it's probably going to take you the similar time when you do it in the future. And so what you can do is you can take numbers and use them to predict what the future is going to look like, you know, in a lot of different ways. And so for me, numbers are what made sense. I was terrible at history. I was terrible at math. Or I was, no, I'm sorry, not math. I'm good at math. I was terrible at history. I was terrible at English and writing and all that kind of stuff. I was not good at that. So me, it's just like learning, leaning into whatever your strengths are. It doesn't matter what those strengths are. It's just you being self-aware enough to understand like, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is what I like doing. So me find something that kind of relates to that, you know.
0: I want to actually jump again to engineering because you know many uh, successful entrepreneurs, you no know, billionaires, no that actually graduated from engineering, you know, degrees. You know, engineering is cool. You know, you can build stuff. You know, you can actually learn how to uh, patterns, how to make your own stuff, and all that. But like you said, uh, you know, it's boring. It may look like boring, and I've heard that a lot of engineering students actually just drop off because it's too much pressure. Did you feel that pressure?
1: For sure, dude. Uh, I mean, definitely. Like The school I went to, um, there's definitely like more challenging schools than the school I went to. The school I went to actually has a very good reputation for engineering. Um, there's definitely, in quotes, better schools out there. Um, yeah, but hell yeah, I felt, you know, there was a lot of times where I felt the pressure, um, you know, staying up late just cramming for tests you know studying for big exams that like if you if you do bad on the exam it's going to affect the rest of your semester um there's definitely pressure dude but like if you can't for me it's like if i wasn't able to get through the pressure of engineering then there's no way i was going to get through the pressure of building my own business my entrepreneurship is 150 times harder than engineering like through and through because Engineering, you're given problems to solve. Entrepreneurship, you have to, find, you have to find problems and then solve them. And finding the problems and getting clients is way more difficult than having someone say, Here, here's a problem, solve it. That's engineering. Entrepreneurship, let's find a problem, and then when we find that problem, we'll solve it.
0: Yeah, I really like that problem song, but exactly when you actually started your full marketing business, what kind of problem did you solve?
1: uh for the for the for the business you said
0: yeah for the marketing business or agents Um,
1: yeah so i mean i think the biggest problem that we solve is we buy back people's time because what happens is when you start a business business kind of has a couple different phases right so the first phase of a business is you know it's more of a done for you kind of phase so when i first started my business and i still do this because i'm still pretty young right i only started the business about nine months ago um, it's, it's all completely done for you, meaning that like I do all the work. Um, you know, there's no really, I don't have any like vendors that do work. I don't really outsource anything. Um, I don't really use any automated systems. I use some of that kind of stuff, but it, it, the work that is done for my client is all done for them by me, right? And the same is true with a gym, like a business owner, like as a gym fitness business owner, when they start their business, they're they're doing all of the, They're training all the classes. They're hiring the trainers. They're training the trainers. They're doing the accounting. They're doing the onboarding for new clients. So they're doing everything, right? And so what happens is eventually they scale to a point where they become stagnant because between taking care of current clients and trying to onboard new, that process is so blended together that it actually becomes stagnant and the growth becomes slow, right? And so they need to find a way to buy back their time, you know? So what we do is we put automated systems in their business and through the form of digital advertising, we run those ads to attract names and numbers of people that are potentially interested in doing business with them, generate those lists of people. And then all they need to do is pick up the phone and call them and get them in their gym. Right? So instead of trying to just, guerrilla market and go out and you know do the events and try and recruit people we provide them with a list of people that are have given us permission by opting into their to the marketing campaign to reach out to them right so it's totally buying back their time and it starts the initiation of a done for you business to a done with you business you have things that are working with you such as the automation
0: yeah but why exactly like why did you went into the gym space you know to help those gym people you know fitness pass and all that why that niche exactly
1: um I guess i never ha I never really had any crazy plans to go into the fitness space um you know we just when we first started, we were just trying to get ourselves in any door possible, you know because we just we hadn't had any experience anywhere, you know, so it was more along the lines of okay, who's gonna take us under their wing give us an opportunity to prove you know to provide some value to their business and um you know fortunately we were able to get in some spots and you know they just happened to be first couple places we worked in you know they happened to be gyms and so you know we worked uh with a couple different gyms and saw quite a bit of success and you know you got it like it's not i think a lot of people are confused especially business owners about like you know marketing and you know doing you know advertisements on facebook and instagram you know like running ads on facebook and instagram is a commodity you know you can go online i can go online anyone can go online and run an ad by just boosting a post right but the variable on that commodity and what makes people good and bad is the strategy so what are you how are you running the ads what are you using for attention grabbers like what's your structure of the ads Where are you taking people after they click on the ads, right? Uh,
0: Can I can I ask some can I ask something like, how do you really find your true strategy? How do you brainstorm the strategies you can make? Like, how do you find and or choose your best strategy?
1: Um. I think that's a, you know, I think there's a lot of testing, especially when you like when you don't like a lot of times, I think people think that everyone has the answer and like, they see these entrepreneurs and they're like, they just knew what was right. And if you look back at what was really truthful on what there happened in their journey, it was more so okay, we think that this is a good approach, let's try this. And then we're going to figure out, okay, part of this worked, but part of it didn't. And so I think a really good strategy is comprised of a bunch of different tactics. Some of the tactics work and some of them don't. And so, you know, just because, you know, I, have, I might have a strategy to work with gym owners, that might be my micro, my macro strategy for my business. I want to work with gym owners and I could try three or four different methods of running ads in their business. And they might not be successful, but that doesn't mean my strategy is broken to work with gym owners. That just means I haven't found the right tactic yet. And so a lot of people give up before they find the right tactic that helps the strategy actually become a reality. And so a lot of people give up before that because they try some shit one time and they're like, oh, it doesn't work. And that's not how it works. You know, you got to be willing to try. Like for me, I don't I don't try a strategy for any less than a month. I'm going to do something in my business. We're going to do it for a month before we make any decision if it's good or not, you know
0: yeah well like we thought really really like you know way deep into a strategy but i want to go into the beginning and i want to ask you now how did you actually learn to do marketing how do you actually learn to do it today because you know when you were starting out i doubt you were like you know experienced in marketing yet so how did you actually learn marketing how did you self-educate yourself on that topic
1: um yeah it's a good question um I think just like we do, we, we do, we we're pretty good when we run the clothing business, we were pretty good at doing just like Instagram marketing and just what I like to call organic marketing, you know, not paying for advertisements. We were pretty good at just like posting and branding through posting. Um, so I got pretty good at like just organic marketing through doing that um, and just learning, learning the platforms, learning what people want to see. Um, on the different platforms. I mean, obviously you got like LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, those are all different platforms and you need to treat each one differently. Um, so I got pretty good at that if you're doing just clothes and then just like, I don't know, we've, me and my business partner, my business partner is like a through and through like die head marketer, uh, like die hard marketer. I'm like more of just like a die head business person. I don't give a shit what business I run. I'm just obsessed with business. Um, so between me and him, we've, we've taught each other a lot. He's taught me a lot about like just general marketing. Um, and then we've just learned from just like other big marketing names, you know, guys like Billy Wilson, guys like Billy Jean, um, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, all those big, big guys, and Russell Brunson. Um, those are some really just people that have seen, we just follow people that have seen a lot of success in marketing. And w- one thing that's important is like, you know, you can follow when you follow the people that are really successful in whatever space you want to be successful in is don't listen to what they're saying, but watch what they're doing. You know, so for me, it's like I consume a lot of Gary Vee's content, but I'm also just watching what he's doing. I'm watching what kind of content he's putting out. I'm watching how much of it he's putting out, the why he's putting it out, um, how it's relating back to his audience. I'm looking at more than the surface level content, I'm looking at the actual why and the reason of why they're doing stuff. And that will, you'll learn a lot that there's a lot of similarities between a lot of big people. They do a lot of the same stuff because it works. And when you follow people long enough for, you know, I'm talking not for a month, I'm talking for multiple years, you start to pick up on it and you start to understand why people are doing things and the strategies they're using and you start to deploy them yourself. And a lot of times it plays out, you know, it's just a lot of trial and error and learning from people that have been successful in the space already.
0: To be honest, like, you know, I I have, I have so much I in entrepreneurship space, but you know, like I said. If I listen to them, they're not telling me something new. They're just repeating the same things, just, oh, yeah, for with, other, sure. just with like other words and such. So they don't have me. What I do like, though, are their books, you know, their courses, and all that. Well, they actually share something different. And what they're right. doing, like, so, you know, where they're investing, what, what are they going to build up, you know, everything of that. Like, Gary is actually, I be, I believe, focused more on investing right now. He's investing in Uber, Twitter, Venmo, and all that. So he's investing right now. And, you know, he, he wants, he actually, you know, he points out that being young is advantage. But at the same time, he says that you're super young. you got to have patience. So, you know, there's kind of a misunderstanding there. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but... It's like, no, it's like that it, in, with Gary.
1: And I can tell you, what he, you know, he's telling you that, like, you're young, so you don't have to figure – you're not going to figure it out overnight. What he tells people, like, you you know, how old are you? Yeah. How How old are you?
0: Uh, oh, okay. Wait, I just watched someone. I'm a half. and a half.
1: Yeah, so you're stupid young, man. you that got plenty of time. So what he basically says is, like, you're young so it you know you don't expect to figure things out overnight but do a lot of different things you know that's what i did for you know the last 10 years is just try a bunch of things you know you just learn what you like so like in that front you're young you have time to test you have time to learn what you like um but you also have to have patience like if you want to see any sort of success like it's not going to happen and then you know by the time you're 14 and a half and if it does great you know but it, the likelihood of achieving some massive amount of success in one more year is unlikely you know So it is patience. It is the marathon. You know, everything's a marathon. That's why I like Gary's because like he preaches reality, you know, Gary runs a $200 million business. Um, but you know, he didn't, it didn't happen overnight. You know, it was years, it was 10 years of grinding and building and being smart obviously too, but it was 10 years of hustle, you know? And so it's just like, you got to understand the marathon. And I think he's good at preaching that. And yeah, his message, I will 100% agree is very, very repetitive. He says a lot of the same things. But that's why it's important to watch what he's doing, not what he, not what he's saying. Because he's always going to be saying the same Gary Vee message. But it's important to watch why he's doing it if you want to be in the same space as him, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, he's repetitive, but many more people actually find him every day. So it's good to repeat his message, not, you know, because he can actually gain more audience. Because I'm not the only one 13 years old who watches Gary Vee. And people who are just trying to watch him, you know, Sometimes he does like a lot of specific videos where you actually don't know what his like purpose is, what he wants to teach you. So he's good strategy, repeating things. So, yeah. 100%,
1: dude. So,
0: we really, yeah. So, we really talk like, you know, a lot about idols and all that. But I want to ask you more on like your passion and your beliefs. Like, what is your unique
1: message? Um, you know, I think I'm still honing in on that. I think my, uh, and my, my business, my unique message would be, you know, I help, I help fitness, bit. I help fit pros scale, scale their business month over month. Um, that's what my business message is. Um, but for me, long term, you know, I'm, like I'm just really interested in just giving back what was given to me. Um, you know, I'm mostly just trying to help out other entrepreneurs in the space and, you know, learn from good people, big people to eventually become hopefully, you know, someone big in the space that I can just trade back my knowledge to the younger generations that are aspiring to do similar things. You know, for me, it's never about me. And I think it goes back to the core of marketing is that, you know, people make mistakes when they market their business, because they try and make it about themselves when it's not about them. It's about the end user, you know? So for me, it's not about me. It's never been about me. It's about everyone else around me. Um, And I feel like entrepreneurship is the best space for me to Capitalize on what my personal strengths are to be able to give back to the most possibly I, to the most possibly I can to everyone around me because it's gonna, like, again, it's gonna allow me to become the best at what I want to be good at because I'm passionate about it and I'll be interested in learning more and more. And then it'll allow me to give back later in life because I will have so much experience in the space. So for me, it's always just been about giving back and about people. Um, and just be like, I don't want to get paid unless I provide value to businesses. And the reality is, you don't get paid unless you provide value to businesses. So you got to find a way to make it about other people, not about yourself. So that's what I think about a lot.
0: Well, Jeff, you just dropped some massive fire bombs. I have a few more questions. We're going to wrap it up because that's too much fire for my head to handle. Not going to lie. I'm just going to explore right now. Okay. My first question is actually, uh, uh, okay. Let me formulate this to you. Which are the people you want to see on this podcast?
1: Oh man. It can
0: be anyone. Maybe your friend, your business partner, yeah. maybe all your idols. It can be anyone.
1: Well, if you could get, if you could get Gary Vee on here, that'd be cool. No, I'm kidding. That'd be awesome, though. Um, yeah, I mean, I could send you, like, a list of people that I might have in mind. Um, potentially a guy, one of my buddies named Sam Lister. Um, he's a local Milwaukee native. He'd probably be a good guest on here. He's really big in the creative space, entrepreneurial space. Him and I are pretty similar in mindset. He's a couple years younger than me. Um, but he's got a lot of value. He runs a business out here. Um, he'd be good to have on, um, my business partner might be interested in coming out. I could talk with him. Um, but I could send you a list of people that I think would be interested in after the show. Um, just, I got to try to think about who else I think would be a good fit. Cause a lot of people that I, I communicate with are in the same space as me. So you might get a lot of overlapping repetitiveness. Um, you know, it depends on where you, cause your, your show is just basically entrepreneurship as a whole in general, right?
0: Yep, exactly.
1: Yeah, so I mean, for me, it's like, you know, I try and probably think about some other people that are in a different space than I am um, and who could provide value in a different way. Um, Yeah, and I'll just send you some names if that's okay.
0: Yeah, sure, but that side question, I want to ask you now two more, like, big, big questions, which are just, they're just dwarfing everything else. All right, my first one is, how can my listeners contact you directly?
1: Oh man. Um, probably the best way to reach out would be, um, I can give you my email. I can give you some links to my LinkedIn. Um, if you search LinkedIn, uh, you can go ahead and just search, uh, Jeff VK. So J E F F V K A Y all one word V K A Y is all one word. Um, so that's how you can find me on LinkedIn and any social, that's usually my handle on any social. Um, otherwise I can keep you with my email. Um, my website is UVK Media, so that's uvkmedia.com, um, so they can check out our work on there, keep up to date with us on there, and then I'll provide you with an email off the podcast that you, you, can, you can give your viewers, and if they want to reach out and let me know or have a conversation, I'd be happy to have that conversation.
0: They definitely will be happy. <laughs> All right, so talking about listeners, my last question is more about them. I mean, it's ever it's all about them, but that's more important. All right. So what do you want to say to listeners for the end? What advice or or wisdom you want to share with them?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I think that actually I was kind of looking forward to talking about like this little last segment here. Um, I think that we, I think right now, um, when, you know, when I was 13 and I'm 20, I'll be 26 next month. So I'm basically double your age. Right. So when I was 13 and a half, um, entrepreneurship wasn't a thing entrepreneurship was not glorified like it is today today everyone wants to be an entrepreneur and the problem with everyone wanting to be an entrepreneur is it's going to be a sad reality in 15 or 20 years because a lot of people aren't going to make it because when you talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and i'm just going to tell you everyone honestly on here this is what i want to talk about because this is important because entrepreneurship is glorified you know it used to be people that are good extreme athletes or good athletes or the hip hop artists or whatever the culture was at the time, that's who was glorified. That's what everyone wanted to be. We've somehow found ourselves in a cultural space where entrepreneurship is now in that same category. And that's as a very, very late. And what a lot of people, if anybody, you know, this is someone that can say, I can say to someone your age, my friend, is that if anyone that you talk to is, you know, just starting out in entrepreneurship and they'll tell you that is the most it's the most fun thing ever. It's the most great thing ever. It's, it's not stressful at all. It's the best thing ever. It's just, it's very, it's like, it has, it has ups and downs, but entrepreneurship is a shit ton of work. Entrepreneurship is through and through like you got to commit your whole day, every day to getting shit done. There's no, there's no halfing it. You know, I've half, I've halved entrepreneurship and my first business failed, you know? So there's a lot of people that are, you know, between the ages of probably your age and 22 to 24, maybe even as old as me that, walk around with entrepreneur in their bio, but they don't even know where to begin to start their first business because if they did, they would understand the amount of work and then they wouldn't go through with it. So for me, it's important to understand like, okay, if you actually are an entrepreneur, you need to accept the reality that you're going to have to work your face off for at least 10 years to even build the foundation. If you're not willing to do that, then it's not going to play out. So there's there's this glorified thing for entrepreneurs that everyone thinks is just amazing. And if you're an entrepreneur, you're something to look up to. But in the next five or 10 years, there's going to be a difference between entrepreneurs and successful entrepreneurs. And we just haven't got to that point yet. Cause it's easy to put entrepreneurship in your bio and say they are an entrepreneur with not actually doing anything, but the people that actually put in work and actually show up every day are the people that are going to have longevity in the entrepreneurship space. And so that's kind of like my last thought on entrepreneurship in general, someone that's gone through it. It's not all fun. It's stressful. It's hard. You got to put in work, you got to change, you got to be afraid That. it's, Not be afraid to take risks. You got to not be afraid to eat shit. And I think a lot of people are just taking the title of entrepreneurship without actually putting in the work.
0: And there are a lot of like fakes on, especially on Instagram. I mean, since Instagram is just taking off right now, hopefully, LeagueTube is not the next, but like there are a lot of fake Instagram quote unquote entrepreneurs where they actually are just, you know,
1: there's so many beginner
0: consultants. You know, they consult. And like, everyone, like every second person, you know, because like I said, it's easier to put up an entrepreneur in your bio and just film the best days of your life. But if you don't document your work, like, you know, Gary would say, I mean, we're just mentioning Gary oh, there and here, like, like, all the conversation. But, you know, he said, like, document the whole, actually, process that people are going to believe after you make it. People don't right. document their process and no one believes them. I mean, right. those who don't document are actually fake sometimes. But yeah, we can talk, we can make another podcast for that because that's for long, sure.
1: Yeah, no man, I think you're spot on, man. I think it's just if you if you're truly an entrepreneur, you're you'll find a way to make it. If not, it's, you're gonna have a sad reality that you know you just need to you know be consistent with who you are. And if you're if that is entrepreneurship, then do that. If you wanted to say you're an entrepreneur and not actually do anything, eventually you'll be exposed because people are gonna ask you what business you own and you're not even going to know where to begin. So entrepreneurship is a glorified term. Um, but the reality of doing entrepreneurship is very hard and very you know it takes a lot of effort.
0: Definitely. But that's the magic and it's just the effort, man. Just how persistent they actually build discipline, like you're from the freaking army. i mean for real. All right. So exactly, Jeff- but yeah, so Jeff, I mean, here we may say goodbye, but I thank you for all of your time, all the fire bombs. And I hope you stay in touch because we're all in the beginning of our journeys and I feel a bright future in front of us and my listeners, of course. So, yes, I'll see you soon, Jeff. I hope you have an amazing morning, eat healthy, exercise and all that jazz. And I'll see you soon.
1: Sounds good, brother. I appreciate you having me, and I appreciate everyone who's listening and uh, your entire audience. So thanks, again for having me. And, uh, yeah, we'll stay in touch, my friend. Very well. Oh, my. See you. Bye.